Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Happy to have Bill Poorman in the studio with me today. Good morning, Bill. Bill is a journalist, a podcaster, media magnet, mogul, all kinds of things, <laughs> yeah, aren't you, Bill? In the making. Absolutely. <laughs> in the making. <laughs> Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thank you very much, Glenn. Thanks for having me in. Yeah, we have our international news review. Lots happening in the world. Let's jump right into it. Uh, our first story, of course, we cannot ignore as we have uh, many weeks started with Hong Kong. And uh, Carrie Lam tried this week but didn't quite make it. Tell us uh, tell us what you, what you saw there, Bill. Yeah, well, all of this started, of course, a couple of months ago back in June over an extradition bill that opponents worried would be allow people from Hong Kong to be sent to mainland China, and they didn't want that, so the protest began. Well, she resisted for the longest time, or Beijing resisted for the longest time, withdrawing that bill. They did so on Wednesday, mm. and the hope was that that would finally calm things down, and not so much. The genie's out of the bottle, and of course, uh, since that demand about getting rid of the extradition bill, the new demands have come up for universal suffrage and also a an official commission to look into police brutality during the protests that ensued after the extradition bill. Uh, those two are not being addressed right now. And last night we saw more violence uh, into the early hours uh, this morning, both in Central and Kowloon, burning barricades and all kinds of things. This is this has taken a hit on Hong Kong in a lot of ways, not the least of which is business, tourism, and and other business there. Oh, absolutely. And and Fitch Ratings actually lowered its credit rating for the city for the territory. So possibly that could increase interest rate costs for companies or for the government there. Uh, so it's already having that economic impact. And there are some predictions now that they could go into recession. So yes, big business impact, big political impact. Interesting comments from the Singapore government uh, this past week as well saying, hey, you know, the, the initial thought might be, hmm, Singapore could benefit from this. But the point the government was making was, no, actually, this could actually weigh, on, weigh down Singapore as well as any kind of tension in the region can have a, a bad knock-on effect here. Oh, and the, yeah, there's a larger region-wide geopolitical risk, I think, for all the countries here. As you have a rising power in China, the U.S. is still very heavily invested here as a country and as businesses. So there's a very delicate balancing act that I'm kind of glad I don't have to do. And anytime there's uncertainty, especially in the business community, you know, that's that's not a good thing. The one thing that was interesting yesterday that did not happen was major protests at uh, the airport Czech Lepcock. The protesters said they were going to, quote, unquote, stress test the system at the airport again. And there was such a massive police presence there waiting for them that they had to abandon that plan. So the airport stayed, you know, operative. Well, and they shut down stations as part of that. So they reduced services, blocked off the one station downtown. They really came all out to make sure that that didn't happen again. And some of the things that we've seen at the airport didn't happen again. So it's interesting. On the one hand, they they stopped the protest at the airport. On the other hand, it's super hard to get to the airport to use it in the first place. So you have to kind of wonder, okay, you know, you cutting off your nose to spite your face sort of thing. Well, what I, I mean, <laughs> what options? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are no options. <laughs> right. No good options. No anyway. good options. No good options. All right. Let's, uh, We and, and, you know, I, I would love to talk more about this, but who the heck knows how this is going to resolve? There needs to be an honest broker in the middle somewhere to try to bring these sides yeah. together. But there, that person just has, not, I don't think has been born yet that could bring could these be, two You, you lived there for several years, Glenn. <laughs> yes. So this must be a pretty amazing thing to watch happen. Call me. Call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was suggesting. 
suggesting. Wait, waiting for that call. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Um, monetary policy. Now, interesting news out of both the mainland, mainland China, Beijing, and the U.S. about, about some shifts or possible shifts in their monetary stance. Much of this has comes, of course, because of the U.S.-China trade war. So it's kind of, kind of an, it was un, an unnecessary thing that now has become a necessary thing to keep the economies going. Right. So the U.S. Federal Reserve, uh, Jerome Powell, who is the head of the Federal Reserve, has said that they do stand ready to cut rates if necessary. Mm. So should this trade war have a larger impact or maybe just other economic conditions deteriorate, they are prepared to step into the breach. Meanwhile, in China, they have reduced the banking uh, reserve requirements, which means that banks can lend out more of the money they have as an extra stimulus to the economy there. And of course, people are wondering what's happening with China's GDP. Mm. So impacts are being felt. Governments are gearing up and or taking active steps now to keep the global economy alive. But it's a there are warning signs, I guess you could say. Nervous yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, interesting because for a long time, of course, the pre- President Trump has been pushing the Fed to do more and castigating them, lambasting them for not doing enough. Do you think it's going to be seen as, as Jerome Powell capitulating to the president's will or wishes? You know, I'm not sure that that is it, because if the economy is declining, that is the policy response, right, mm-hmm. is to come out with a rate cut. So if there are clear, there's clear evidence that the economy is slowing down and they make rate cuts, it's just a natural thing to do. Uh, and maybe they could say, look, we've been doing this on our own timing because you know, a tweet didn't come the day before. Yeah, but it's already so low. I mean, the rate's so low in the U.S., and, you know, they've already cut it uh, several times recently. I mean, it, you know, how, how low can you go, right? Well, you can't go below zero. <laughs> so this is this is the legacy. Actually, or can you? The, I don't know. Uh, well, that was a bit of what quantitative easing was all about. But a lot of policy experts would argue, really, that is the boundary for many yeah. things that the Federal Reserve can do, and that we'll have to turn to other macroeconomic tools. That's either fiscal stimulus, which, of course, is always deeply unpopular and Washington, this kind of thing. So there are other policy tools, but a big one since the 2008 crisis is not doesn't have as much capacity. Will we start to see uh, signs on banks, free money, come on in? Well, maybe. <laughs> or go back to the old days of a toaster. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's your toaster and, and 50 bucks. Yeah. Go, uh, don't spend it all in one place. All right. right. Now, Mr. Johnson, Prime Minister Johnson, is uh, finding himself in, a, in between a rock and a hard place uh, this week as well. He categorically said, we are not going to ask for any kind of a deal. Uh, when October 31st comes, it's, you know, it's the hard the hard. Brexit or nothing. And now Jeremy Corbyn, the head of the Labor Party, uh, and his group disagree. You know, I think there's something just so poetic about uh, October 31st, which the American holiday of <laughs> Halloween, which is all about scaring and ghouls and ghosts, uh, that it's just so fitting that that's the date. Yes, well, uh, he is still committed to uh, taking uh, the UK out in a hard departure, uh, no matter what the costs, and there could be substantial economic and security costs. Of course, the Ireland border is uh, a big issue both in both matters. Right. Uh, now, Parliament, of course, this week, he lost a number of votes. That is, Johnson lost a number of votes. Parliament took back control of this process for now, but it's still a little bit up in the air. Yeah, yeah. The the House of Lords went and approved his deal to go no matter what, the hard exit on the 31st if need be. Uh, The Queen is expected to sign that into law on Monday, but this is at the same time that Jeremy Corbyn and the Labor Party are, are preparing legal action against Boris Johnson to make sure that 
that doesn't happen, that he actually negotiates with the EU and to get an extra three-month extension to figure it out. Yeah, and he's saying he won't do it regardless, right? And, and, and frankly, one has to wonder what difference three months would make anyway. Well, I mean, the positions are long. so hard, you know. We've already had extensions to this thing, so... Um, well, of course, in the middle of this could be an election. So, <laughs> I... Just to add a little fun into it. Right, he has said that uh, maybe he'll go back for a new mandate. Uh, now, that requires two-thirds of parliament to agree, and the opposition parties are saying, no way, we're not going to agree to that, but he's still mm. pushing for that. So elections and extensions and the queen, oh my. (laughs) Lions and tigers. Yeah, it's just hard to – it's just hard to fathom. Of course, this is a story we have been talking about forever. Um, but uh, this latest wrinkle is is quite quite interesting. Okay, let's move on. Our friends in India had some bad news yesterday. Uh, their uh, latest spacecraft uh, was literally two kilometers from landing on the moon, the Chandrayaan-2, approaching the surface of the South Pole. And then they lost contact. <laughs> Nothing. No signal. Nada. <laughs> Which, you know, that's almost worse than knowing that yeah. it crashed, yeah. right? Where you just don't know. Like, what if it landed safely? Yeah. But this is really interesting. If they had landed on the South Pole of the Moon, which I think this was the first uh, mission to the South Pole. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. if, if they had landed with the, the Vikram lander there, it would have been a historic scientific endeavor. Obviously big for India as well, become the fourth nation on the Moon. Uh, the the space race is really heating up with all of these countries mm. getting out into space. I will say that the mission is still partially successful, though, because they have an orbiter that's going to be taking pictures of the moon. So, you know, it's still somewhat of a success, still historic uh, advancement, I think, for the space program in India. Yeah, in, India's first moon mission was in 2008, and it, it did the first and most detailed search for water. On the, on the surface of the planet using a variety of radars uh, that they did. And so they, they can claim, you know, they can claim that victory, although it's a few years ago now. Um, but we'll see what happens with their orbiter and, and how much more information they can get. And of course, I'm sure they'll be able to see pictures, I would assume, of whatever happened to the spacecraft that nearly landed. Right, eventually. Yeah. Well, crazy. Well, okay, yeah. well, it's, uh, it's a big game. Um, maybe the Space Force, uh, the U.S. Right, Space so, Force can yeah, get up there and, and check it out. this just comes weeks after <laughs> President Trump officially lost the, launched the Space Force of the U.S. So, good, good times, okay, huh? Okay, yep. Uh, lots <laughs> happening. Lots, lots happening. Okay, uh, finally, the Zhao. Zhao is going to start to mean more to a lot more people here pretty quick, I think. Yes, so this is Z-A-O. So, uh, this is something that really hit me this week. This is an app. So you can go and find it in your app store. Now, I think the app on the Android when I looked was all in Mandarin, so I would have really struggled to use it. it, it primary, primarily for use in the, in the, in the Chinese uh, market. Yeah. yeah, but it will take a still image of your face and apply it to movies. It's deep fake technology where essentially you're being inserted into these movies, your face. Mm. So the example I saw was a bunch of uh, shots from movies of Leonardo DiCaprio. The person's face was put on there, and it's if you know to look for it, maybe you'd see it, but really, it's convincing. So this power to create fake videos is in an, is in an app. There's already other applications out there that can emulate voices. Mm. This is scary stuff. I mean, for me, this could lead to wars if people can make 
convincing videos with the right audio. We soon will not know what is real and what is fake. And, That's right. You know, it used to be you could fact check, right? Something the old journalistic tried and true, fact check the numbers, fact check the quotes, whatever. And now you can't you can't even do that. Now, as the, the technology is still pretty basic on the Zao, but you know, some of the other technology that, that's out there is just it's seamless. I mean, yes. it's amazing. Uh, the famous one is Jordan Peele, the comedian with Barack Obama. Right. Um, and, and saying things that Barack Obama would never ever really say, at least in public. And that deep fake, that political deep fake came out. And, and now that we're heading into the silly season, the election season in the U.S., <laughs> as I like to call it, the silly season, it would be interesting to see if some of that stuff starts coming out and, and you know, if, if it's actually used in a way that is going to confuse us all and, like you say, ultimately could lead to very, very bad consequences. And, of course, a harmful lie bings around before anyone wants to investigate the truth of a matter. So, boy, in some ways, we all need to step it up as news consumers, right? Mm. Really look to credible sources, really double-check things before we share that sort of thing in order to stay ahead of these technologies. But it's interesting. I heard recently of an AI program that actually checks for deep fakes. So oh. now they've got a program that can actually check and, and you know, parse out the, the pixels and the, and the various uh-huh. things. So they're actually using the thing that created the deep fakes in the first place to now determine which is fake and which is real. That's good, though. That's uh, good. That's the right use yeah, of the technology, yeah, right? That's fantastic yeah. that uh, the arms race is on and People are staying up. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Porman, thank you so much for joining me today on our International News Review. Glenn, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.